Welcome to another episode of Sideline Sounds and Three Team Parlors. I'm Crouchy, he's old. You're listening to the hottest podcast in the QAnon. Okay, so as we begin episode 42, Oj, we're working currently on our year in review episode. We kind of mentioned that last week. Pretty good feedback, kind of working on pulling up some of the funny things, some of the cool things that we've done over the course of the year. So that's going to be a work in progress. Uh, should be ready to roll for that last week of the year. I think I think we're going to have some fun with that. I know I'm having a blast digging through some of the things that you and I bantered about over the last year with this stuff. But um, we're going to keep working on that. People have been sending stuff in. If you got it, send it in. You know what you think it's but it's been been, been kind of fun yeah I, I was uh wasn't sure how that would take off but apparently people are actually into that kind of thing so um just of, just what you've told me and you know thrown a few of these memories back at me uh yeah uh, it's uh it should be interesting should be a lot of fun so i'm looking forward to that um what else we got going here today it's a shitty day outside yeah, well, there's no snow, which is good. I'm a big fan of that. Three days of rain and 40 degrees. Um, what'd you do yesterday? Little watched a little bit of football. Some I watched a couple a couple bowl games. Didn't really watch any NFL. Visited with some friends at a Christmas party, but pretty laid back day. It's kind of a kind of a slow time right now. Some NFL today. Some bowl games cranking up here this week. Yeah, the, the, these bowl games are tough to deal with now, though. Yeah. You know, almost impossible to bet on. How do you how do you know who's playing and who's not playing for these teams? Right. I just I can't I can't get into these early early season or early in the year bowl games. And certainly, trying to look at placing some bets is pretty pretty much impossible on those things. But NFL was fun yesterday. Well, I did watch the Division Two National Championship game, at least the first half of it. See, I forgot that was on. I, that would have been, that would have been on my radar. Harding against Mines and Harding was a team that beat Grand Valley 7 to 6. And yep. then Mines was number 1 all season long. They had beaten Grand Valley at the beginning of the year, correct? Yes, they did. So, we watched the first half of it and that uh that Harding team, I mean, what a running game. Option football at its best. Everything, you know, they're they're pounding away with the midlines and your veers, and then they had some. They actually pitched the ball more than a lot of teams did, you know, and maybe that's just because what we'll, we'll, uh, they were given as far as that offense goes. But there was, it was impressive. One of those games where if you uh, if you're not scoring touchdowns, you kick field goals, you're gonna be in trouble because that team was eight to twelve plays just pounding it down the field on them, and they end up getting a relatively easy win. For the national title, so somebody had the Gleak not win national title. Yeah, been a while. Um, I did watch Friday night. They had the Division Three championship game on, and a school by the name of Cortland. You ever heard of them? No. Well, one of our tens of fans, who a former uh, AD at Hancock, is now coaching out in New York, and that was his alma mater. Oh, really? Yeah. So, Division Three, Division Two in the books. NFL yesterday. Um, I think Pittsburgh was. Dealt the death blow for their season. Boy, uh, Coach Regal's not happy with that situation, hey? Boy, they're hard to watch offensively. Yeah. What a Mitch Trubisky. And, uh, God. So they got dumped. Uh, I uh, I survived. I had a nice little wager on the Bengals to cover minus three against the Vikings. And they were down 17-3. Uh, so did you get a push? In the second half, and it came back, and I got a push in overtime. 
So that was that was fun, better than a loss, but that was a good game. Cincinnati came back, got the win there, and then um, all the Lion fans are back to happy again after oh, their yeah. performance last night. So that was those were the three yesterday, full slate today, which we'll get into a little later. Well, here's a positive thing that ties in with the UP. Somebody, I'm sure you know, somebody that I know a little bit, but Kevin Borsat. Mm-hmm. Old Besmer speed boy. Yeah, he got his 800th career coaching win. Wait, did you say 800th? 800th. That's amazing. Now, I got a question for you. So, I'm assuming they're talking, so it's 800 collegiate coaching victories. I would assume so. Does that go into his days at Gogibic? I'm guessing it probably does. I guess I didn't dig into that far because he went for he coached at Gogibic for a little while. Then he he put Tech's women's program on the map here, right? Right, I mean, right. He had great success there. Went yeah, Gogibic was in the early and mid '80s. Yeah, I don't know how many years there he had, but it was. I'm guessing. What year did he come to Tech? You think? I again, I was young at the time. Seems like he was here. For sure, when I was, you know, my senior year, early 90s. Yeah. Oh, so, that's when the women's program was so making runs. Probably late 80s he came to Tech. I would, I would think so. And he had a hell of a run there. Went on to UWGB. Had a great run there. Oh, NCAA tournaments. Yep. Nobody wanted to draw them in the tournament. No. Nope. And then he took a run at Michigan for a while and got the whole band back together with Willie and Don Zarling and all them. And, and then he ended up back in Green Bay and he's... Picked up his 800th win? Yeah, at five, probably three years at U of M. Yeah, a couple. You know, it was uh, just didn't seem like it was the right. He wanted to do it. You know, he wanted to take that next next step, next jump into that level. And uh, he did fine there, did well, you know, yeah. but uh, that just wasn't for him and or his family. Right. Back to GB and uh, in his comfort zone there. And, and uh, yeah, a heck of a coach and a heck of a career. Fun time you ever have, you ever... Hang out with him, play hoops with him. Um, yeah, well, he was pretty good friends with my dad way back. I remember him from the regional games. We talked about the Hedgecock Fieldhouse and, and Ramada Inn and stuff like that. Yep. He was around there. Um, so always at the South Branch Invitational Basketball Tournaments, coming with Gabby's out of Wakefield, mm-hmm. playing with he and Deke Rucho and um, whoever else they put together on that team. So he was actually a roommate with Gary Fors at Lake Superior State. He was it. They, they roomed together. He was a year younger than Gary, but um, I know Farm always talks about the fact that he always guarded him in practice and made him, helped make him into the player that he was collegiately, just relentless defense on him and, and pushing Gary. So I remember Farm talking about that quite a bit. So, yeah, it was, it was good stuff. And he, Kevin used to be a – he actually coached football at Besmer with Gal for a while. And then, actually, I think the last time I had a physical conversation with him, Kevin had a son that played football at Hurley. Mm-hmm. Great player, all-state lineman. And Kevin used to actually come and stand on over on our side of the field and want to watch those games. And I remember after the game, we had a we had a, a classic game with Hurley. I don't know if we won or lost at that one, but he was came up and talked to me after the game a little bit. But always a always always an exciting guy to talk to. And then when you go back and you look at some of the greatest tirades ever caught on camera, that oh, one at Michigan, yeah, yeah, that was that was something I else. I think it focused on rebounding, if I remember I, right. Yeah, I don't think they rebounded the way Coach Forsett wanted them to. No, but that's, that was one of the classic rants ever. He's got some energy, that guy, and still does. He's got to be. I mean, he's got to be close to seventy years old now. Yeah, and I remember stories of him playing in men's league here. But anyway, congratulations, to Kevin Borseth, eight eight hundredth win. Uh, quite the accomplishment there. 
And uh, let's get a little Northern Arizona hoops update, Oge. Well, you can't make it up. Holy Mackinac Island. Is this... I'll tell you what, since we've been covering these guys, they've been on a tear. And, you know, if Coach Burkhardt had any hair, he'd be pulling it out right now. These games, they won another buzzer beater for third in a row, I believe. Well, when did they win the... the when did they hit the three? Was that before last week's episode? Yep. Okay, we talked about that then. Yep, they hit the three. So they had the, they had the back-to-back games last week. The one we were kind of making fun of, the uh, the the lob pass for the reverse layup yep. that was slash air ball. And then they hit the three at the buzzer. Yep. Off all week. Played yesterday. Yep. They played the Southern Utah University, which we'll get into that di- diabolical plot twist at the end of this. But they had a lead. It was, I actually watched it. I watched it. Again, I'm enjoying watching these games. They had a little bit of a lead. They were up three at the end of the game, uh, 10 seconds to go. Southern Utah hits a three to tie it. And Northern Arizona comes down the length of the court with like 4.9 seconds to go. Let's get back to the three that tied it, though. They had a foul to give. I think so. I was kind of getting ready, and I thought I thought I heard the... When we get our interview with Coach, we got to talk about that. Yeah. We can't just bring up all the positives. we got to see what the hell happened there. Yeah, I think... Uh, Based on his post-game interview, I think that wasn't quite what they wanted to do. <laughs> Obviously, you don't want to give up a three either. Right. Kid from Southern Utah made a great shot, obviously. And then down the floor they come. Guy off balance, throws it up off the rim, and tipped in literally as the horn is going off for another exciting win. I forget what the score was, but it was... And the guy came from behind. He followed up. No, yep. he was following the penetration. Guy tossed it up trying to get a call, just trying to get it up to the rim, went hard off the backboard, and the big guy coming from behind at the buzzer tossed her down. That was beautiful. And, I, you know, that would reposted that on our, our Twitter page so you can see the video, but well, that's three pretty exciting games in a row. Yeah, those are, I mean, obviously they're very losable games, but they're finding ways to win these, you know, and that's uh, the credit to the coach and the kids and, um, scoring wise, he had three and double figures there. 19 again from McLaughlin, 16 for Lloyd, um, and that that Basham had 16 also. He had a great game. That was I think his season high. Yeah, he was eight. Let's see. Yeah, he was eight of 11 from the floor. So he had a couple big blocks at the end of the game too, if I recall. Yep. Yeah, it looks like he had. Uh, yeah, he had three. Then he had you know seven and eight points from a couple of these other guys. Uh, Jaden Jackson had eight, but it's a good win. Yeah, let's, uh, let's hear what Coach Burkhardt had to say after the game. Burkhardt joining us here courtside. Well, three in a row in terms of last-second wins, but four in a row for your Lumberjack basketball team, Coach. Tell us what happened there at the end and how you're feeling right now. Well, I'm feeling good. we got to clean some stuff up, but I'm not going to nitpick right now. But um, great job by Oakland getting downhill. You know, they had seven fouls, like any kind of touch. They're probably going to swallow their whistle on that, but we should crash the boards, make sure we shoot it to get an opportunity. And JJ came in there and put it in for the win. So uh, we must be living right right now. Boy, I'll tell you what, Coach. With three wins in a row, including three last-second wins, you have to be pleased with the kind of the, the, the heart, the spirit of this team, how they're never giving up, going down in this game after having a lead, by five and you know being able to battle back and win in such dramatic fashion like that says i'm sure a lot about your team well it says in our team we're good guys right we're tough we're legit tough you know we got to clean some things up you know at the end there we, we switch i mean we got free throws and 
quite frankly, we should have won that game by seven or eight points, but apparently that's part of the process, and I think everybody knows how I feel about our guys. Well, look forward to talking to you on the radio postgame. Thank okay, you, Coach. Thanks, Appreciate you. Well, how about that one? You came on this one on ESPN+. Plus. You saw Barn Burner in the Roll Activity Center. Lumberjacks snap a five-game losing streak to their Grand Canyon rivals, the Thunderbirds of Southern Utah University, in dramatic fashion again for this basketball team with the putback right there by Jaden Jackson right before the buzzer. So we exchanged a couple texts last night with Coach Burkar. He was obviously in a pretty good, pretty positive mood, going to get out and try to relax a little bit. Uh, kind of slowing down here. They do have one game coming up next week on the 20th. They're going to be at San Francisco. Are they the San Francisco Dons? They are. They are, Good right? call. That's where, is that where, that's where Bill Russell came from, correct? I was just going to say, I was just going to throw that little trivia question at you, but you were all over it. So one game coming up on the 20th. I mean, four-game win streak for, for the Lumberjacks here. It would be huge to get that win going into the little Christmas hiatus here. And then, uh, then knee-deep into the conference schedule. Yeah, and over the next week or so here, we'll probably be able to hook up with Coach Burkar and get his thoughts early on the season. You know, obviously, he's probably going to let everyone know that you and I are the big big reason for the success that it, since we've been covering them that we're a big part of this. But Wait, good coffee today, Coachy. Well, only the best for you, Oach. Your Northern Arizona basketball update has been brought to you by Poor Man's Epoxy, your choice of local handcrafted epoxy products in Lakeland and Michigan. No custom project is too big or too small. Check out poormansepoxy.com or contact Brett at 906-369-0684 to get your project started. We're going we're gonna to throw a curveball today at our tens of fans. For, we've been doing Crouchy's Corner, and we've been doing a lot of local stuff. We've had a lot of great interviews, a lot of great people on there. And something came up last week that just really, really annoyed the living heck out of me. And it's this whole Kansas City Chiefs stuff and the whining and the nonsense there. And Let's I'm leave Taylor Swift out of this too, please. I don't even know what position he plays. But let's uh I'm gonna I'm gonna play an audio clip here for you, Oge, and I'm gonna get your thoughts. I put I I pulled some audio clips and I'm 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 stealing them off other websites, so I'll probably get arrested or get my PP whapped. But um I got I got some some words from Patrick Mahomes, right? The world's greatest quarterback. Then Andy Reid's comments, who I have a lot of respect for. And then I'm going to th throw Mike Golick's response. I always See, I know you don't listen to podcasts very often, but I, I'm a big fan of the Golicks. I always listen to Mike Golick for back from his Mike and Mike days and stuff. So I'm going to play you those audio clips. Let's just get your response. Obviously tough to swallow. Um, I mean, not, not only for, for me, but just for football in general. I mean, just to take away greatness like that, I mean – for a guy like Travis to make a play like that, and who knows if we win. But as I know as fans, you want to see the guys on the field decide the game. And that's why last week I didn't say anything about the flag. They didn't get called on the Marquez. And so, I mean, I, it, I mean they're human, man. They make mistakes. But, I mean, I'm, it's every week we're talking about something. And that's elementary school. We, we talk about – I mean, you point to the ref, do all that different type of stuff. And – and it doesn't get called. And if it does, do you, they warn you. And there was no warning throughout the entire game. Um, and then you wait till there's a minute left in the game to make a call like that. Um, it's, it's tough, man. It, it, I mean, it's lost for words, man. It's just it's tough because regardless if we win or lose, man, just just for the, the end with another game and we're talking about the refs, man, it's just not what we want for any, for the NFL and for football. 
I, I never use any of this as excuses, but normally I get a warning before something like that happens in a big game. Um, a bit embarrassing in the National Football League for that to take place. Um, normally, yeah, normally uh, if if it's even close, um, you get you get a warning. Uh, the head coach gets a warning. I mean, that normally, so I don't know. I didn't have a protractor out there, but um, it's a bit embarrassing. But this one, I, I'm not sure. I'm trying to figure out what he meant there. I mean, Kadarius Tony lined up off sides. I mean, it wasn't even yeah. close. Is Andy saying that the ref was supposed to tell Andy, hey, he's off sides? We, we don't know if Tony... As, as Richard Sherman said, did Tony look down at the ref? And if he did ask if he was onside, he's owed that. If he didn't, that's on him. I mean, you've got to line up onside. He was offside. So whatever Kansas City and Andy was looking for from the refs and didn't get, they seemed to be pretty, pretty disgusted in the fact that they didn't get it when it was their own guy that lined up offsides. I mean, you know what? They sure as hell don't do it when a defensive lineman is lined up offsides. Nobody's looking over to the side and the ref saying, hey, go like back up a little bit. They're just, you know, throwing the flag. So you heard Patrick Mahomes, you heard Andy Reid, and then you heard, I, and I threw in Mike Golick because I like his response a lot. But what, what's your take on this situation? Before I get up on my soapbox today, Oge, what is your take on this whole stuff with the Chiefs and this, these interviews and attacking the refs in the media? So let me ask you this. Did you hear or see Dan Orlovsky talk about, show the video clips of the same player four other times in that game that had lined up close to or offsides? I did not see never, the video. I heard I heard. And they never called it. Yeah. So from that side of it, I kind of get it. Um, it's an awful big time, a big point in the game to make a call like that. Um, I don't quite get what Andy Reid was talking about as far as the warning. Uh, Mahomes, you know, it, there's a side there's a side to that that I agree with. But the way he handled the whole thing with whipping his helmet and a tantrum that he threw, especially in my, like, the way I look at it, coming from Kansas City who gets every damn call all the time. It's been annoying watching Kansas City over the last few years, they continually get those calls. But bottom line is, the kid lined up offsides. The guy was offsides. So I don't know if, you know, if you want to argue the fact that that was too critical of a situation to make that call, I get it. But just get, you know, look at the ref. Look at where you're at. Get yourself back. And I don't think Andy Reid handled it very well either. I'm not quite sure what he was meaning by, um, and that's what Golak had mentioned too. Like right. what, what was he trying to, what was supposed to happen there? As a warning to him? Right pre-snap, so I don't get it. Um, frankly, I don't want to listen to the Kansas City Chiefs complain about calls. Um, but like I said, there is a little bit of me that says if if the guy had lined up four times offsides during the course of the game, why are we calling it in that situation at the end? Correct. But make no mistake, the the guy lined up offsides. He was offsides. Okay. No doubt. Right. And 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 I think. Pretty Boy Mahomes makes a comment. It's a, an elementary school thing. We, we teach receivers, you check with the official. Okay? Did he check with the official? It doesn't appear so. If that was a defensive lineman, would we even be having this discussion? No. Well, that's a goal of mentioning that too. So I, I'm getting, I'm annoyed with a couple of things here. First of all, it, it was a penalty. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. 
Did Kansas City get away with some holds in that game? Did Dan Orlowski find some clips where there were some holding calls that didn't get called to? So they're not whining about that. But the, the response to this is, I'm, I'm actually fed up with this. These guys are, and again, everyone's frustrated, right? You're, you lose a game, you're frustrated, but don't take it to the media. Don't take it to the handshake line when you know the cameras are on you. Do you see how he reacted with well, Josh Allen? And let's be honest, things have been falling apart here for the Chiefs over the last couple of weeks. I mean, that, that was just like the boiling point where it, you know, things started to explode because they have not been playing well. No, well, they lost to the Packers. But the way you handle that, part of your job with all that money you make is to do things the right way. You can be upset about it, but the way he handled that, because you know, if it, as well as I do, if you and I were 12, 13 years old and we saw that, he's the type of kid, he's somebody that people look up to, right? Is he a role model? I don't know if that's the case, but he's a, he's a figure. He's a representative of that league. He's probably the best quarterback in the league. And to handle yourself that way is wrong. And then to have the head coach come in, he knows better. Right, he's frustrated too, and a lot, like you said, a lot of it probably stems from the way they've been playing. But there's nothing positive that will ever come by those guys whining to the media, even if they're 100% right. That's not the right way to do it. Early on in this podcast, you and I took took a stand about bitching at refs and all that stuff, and these guys right here are completely in the wrong. They both have apologized, right? Uh, I think Andy Reid was fined $100,000. Mahomes was fined fifty. Think about if you're the coach on that other team and you lose on that play. Right. And then you go back and watch the film and you look at the officials and say, how are you not calling this offside? Exactly. You know, that's so. They're not making the earlier calls as garbage. That's a garbage. That's a cop-out. You ever coach a basketball game and the foul did get called or a travel didn't get called and then it did. So it and that's in that moment, it was the right call. And the other thing is, why are we slamming helmets? You know how much one of those helmets cost? Probably about $400. And again, set an example, right? So now all these people are watching these big guys, these superstars. And Mahomes wasn't the only one who did it. There was a whole bunch of that crap. And I don't go for that. I remember one time when we were younger, somebody tossed their helmet on the ground and slam it. And our coach just lit him up and said, that protects your head. Use your head for more than one thing but yeah I, i'm just I, got, I that whole situation annoyed me i love golik's response to it but these guys got to do a better job with this take don't don't take it out in the media nothing good will happen and quit slamming your helmets for god's sakes grow up hey speaking of the nfl see we got a firing this week oh well that's part of the year in review is our super bowl picks. Uh, well that i won't even get into it but I will get into it. See, well, we're well, talking about the Chiefs real quick. Yeah. I'm I'm going I'm going to take some heat on my Chargers. Yep. And I deserve it. And I'm sure that'll be brought up in this year-end review situation that we got going here, mm -hmm. right? However, let me ask you this. Do you remember another part of that prediction that I mentioned? Do you do you remember that? It wasn't just the Chargers. I also mentioned the downfall of the Kansas City Chiefs. I did not recall that. Oh, yeah. It's there. So before you people start yapping and nailing me for my prediction of the Chargers going to the Super Bowl, part two of that was 
Kansas City Chiefs falling apart, and look what's happening right now. I also took, I think I took the Bengals. Yeah, you did. They're better than the Chargers. Oh, yeah. Still down there. But. Yeah, Staley got canned. That was going to happen. Great. They gave up 60 points to the Raiders. Ugh. Crouchy's Corner is brought to you by Level Up Branded Apparel, the official apparel provider of SS3TP. See Brendan or Sean for all your organization's embroidery, screen printing, personalization needs. Visit our website at levelupembroidery.com. And that transitions us right into the, our NFL talk here, Wager Talk with Oge. We want to do picks, want to talk games, get a little update from our uh, imaginary friend, Parley Pete. Yeah, hey, uh, Hickey Carr, who sent me a couple of texts um, as far as the predictions and thoughts from Parley Pete today. What do we want to do first here? It's, it's your world. I'm just living in it. Um, well... I'll tell you what, let's let's start, seeing we're, we're mentioning Hakey and Parley Pete, let's get right into that right now. Um, there's an interesting one that's going on in with the Atlanta Falcons and Carolina Panthers today. So there's some weather issues. Oh, I thought you said interesting, like the game was going to no. be interesting. No, so uh, Parley Pete's best bet, Atlanta, Carolina, under 42.5. Now, that was last night, or real early this morning. The over-under has already dropped to 32.5. Holy crap. Ten full points because of the weather over there. And I uh, I still took it. High winds and rain. So he liked that. And, um, and two rotten teams. Yeah, it'll be rainy, wind gusts, 20 from the sideline to sideline. Get whatever under you can. Carolina's the worst team in the NFL, and Atlanta's fighting for blah, blah, blah. So that's Parlay Pete and his three-team parlay today. He likes Kansas City minus six, San Francisco minus six, and Baltimore minus two. That is a $100 bet to win $255.4, Mr. Parley Pete. <laughs> uh, Did we get any updates on uh, his it's, win-loss statement from last week? Let's just say it's uh, it's been a roller coaster of the last 10 days for that boy. Um, and I think there were some positives yesterday, which has probably put him in a good mood this morning, but that can change quick with that boy over there in Copper City. Boy, he's a beauty. Um, as far as me today... Couple props I'm looking at. I want uh, interception thrown. We've been riding that a little bit. I like this one. How I about like Josh it. Allen, Buffalo, getting a little greedy, trying to fit one in a tight window against my Cowboys at four o'clock. So I'm looking at a Josh Allen interception. How about the guy? Um, I, I like the way you're going. We're going with this, Oge. The what's his name? The rookie quarterback is out for Texas. So they have CJ Stroud is out, yeah. So the guy that's playing hasn't played in a couple of years. Got to think he's going to throw a pick. That'd be a great little pick parlay, wouldn't it? Yeah, I was I was actually looking at some of these games. You know who else I would say is probably due to throw a pick is uh, Vinny Barberino over there for the Giants. Yeah, those guys. Uh, I don't remember his name, but he Vinny Barberino. That's close it. enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good call. He's been riding the riding the wave of uh, of stardom here the last couple of games. Yep. Uh, that'll probably come to a crashing halt. So, yeah, it's a good call. Um, really? How about, how about um, the guy for the Jets? Oh, yeah, because he had three. How about that game last week? 300-plus yards of the Jets. So, he's, so he's probably points. feeling good about himself. And, hit, like you said, throw it in that tight window. Yeah, that's not a bad call either. How about um, Frank Zappa? Not Frank Zappi. <laughs> Frank Zappa. <laughs> Frank Zappa <laughs> for the Patriots. Uh, yeah, I like that play today, Oge. I really do. I don't know that I'm gonna. The Patriots isn't they got have Kansas City, I believe. Yeah. So, 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to keep rolling with C.D. Lamb, though. I, you know, I'm, obviously the Cowboys are who I pay attention to way more, so I think anything with C.D. didn't get the yards last week that he needed to to really give me a good Sunday, but um, in Buffalo today, I, I like him as an anytime touchdown scorer. The Josh Allen throwing a pick, not to mention the other guys we just mentioned. Um, and I think it's going to be a game where both teams, you know, like, the anytime touchdown, I hate to say it, I probably won't bet it, but Josh Allen might be a good pick on yeah. that, you know, down in the, near the goal line, scrambling against that Cowboy defense and, and, and scoring. So I think Dallas is probably going to try to grind that game out a little bit more today, a little more Tony Pollard and their backup running back, Rico Dowdle. So I'm looking for those two to have some decent games, check their yardage out. Uh, Packers, what's your thoughts there? You really want to know? Yeah. Well, that game last week was absolutely disgusting, and I take full responsibility because I made the positive comments. Your boy Jordan Love looked like a JV quarterback again. And a situation where the Packers could have gained some ground. I'm so annoyed with this. And we and I think I talked with you about this, and I talked with other people. As a high school coach, you run a jet sweep and you get a touchdown with that play. What do you, What's your feelings? Oh, yeah, you ranted on this already, the jet sweep calls. Yeah, you not go, to go for it or run the same play four like, more times. Like you get it, you're like, yeah, you got, you pulled one off. Yep, went and, to page three and got it, and and then you run it five more times for negative yards, right? You're not pulling that off in a good high school in a good high school game, let alone at the NFL. And then when you score at the end and you need a two point conversion, you run that same damn jet sweep and lose yards. So Jordan Love played like ass. And I don't think Coach LaFleur did a good job of play calling last week. However, I'm on the bandwagon. I think they rebound this week and pound the crap out of Tampa Bay. It's are a we, big game for both teams, yeah, really. Are we are we into our picks? Yeah, let's uh Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start today. I don't know what, where we're supposed to go. Well let me I got a we had an impressive week last week. Oh yeah, we got your files here. Yeah, so uh you're at nineteen sixteen and one. You went two and one last week, although I will say your Minnesota Viking pick at minus three was uh, interesting. Okay, what? Sit and repeat that now. The Vikings won three to nothing last week. Yeah. So you had you took Cincinnati. Yep. They covered. The Vikings covered. Okay. Three nothing. Yeah. And then you lost the Lions. That's where you we went opposite. Yep. And I totally kicked a living snot out of you in that game because my Bears beat Detroit. So that was me, and I was three and zero last week. You were. I eh? took the. Yep, I had Chicago plus three, Seattle plus fourteen. They won by twelve, and then the Cowboys rolled Philly. So I'm at twenty one thirteen and two, and I don't think there's enough credit given to me on this. I'm making some money for people if you're listening. You had a good week last, had, last week. Yeah, and I'm at, I'm eight games over five hundred right now. People have been giving you some grief too. Oh uh, yeah, they I know. Only, you know what? Some of these people are so negative. They only ch chime in. Exactly. You know, and I'm getting a little sick of that. I'm making people money if you just listen. And uh, I'm going to make you some more today, but I'll give you the first pick. You're at 19-16-1, and, and I'm guessing you're going to take your Packers? Well, Tampa Bay playing in Green Bay in December. The Bay of Pigs. Yeah, the Bay of Pigs. I'm going to – I think they're – on ESPN, they're three and a half. You're at uh, three and a half, correct. Okay. I, I think the Packers respond. If they don't, the season's over. You have a, a Florida team in Green Bay in December – with your, your back up against the wall after playing like complete ass on Monday Night Football. No. Oh, I got the pack. I'm back. I wish I could just go and take Tampa. Do it. I'm not. Do it. Make some money for it. Take him. Hey, 
the, three and a half is a good spread, though. If you look at some of these these games today, there's a lot of under bets I do like. Not just the one that's 32 and a half now, the Carolina game, but some of these, like 38 is an over-under in Houston and Tennessee. Tennessee's not going to go crazy, are they? They're just going to try to grind the ball. They got Will Levis, who actually, they, had a, they beat Miami last yes, week. Yes, they did. But Tennessee, or Houston's down to their backup quarterback, which you'd mentioned. Yep. So there's a few unders I like. But anyway, um, my first pick is going to be the New Orleans Saints at home, minus six. There's another team that is playing for a lot right now. And they got the, the Giants coming in with Vinny Barbarino yeah. at quarterback, who we just said is going to throw a pick and, and fall on his face a little bit today. So... Give me New Orleans minus six at home. I like that one. That's it. I think Vinny Barbarino has a day that brings him back to reality, sends him back to his parents' basement. Um, his parents like to party, eh, that family? Oh, boy. I bet you Vinny Barbarino would be, you know. You can see why Mr. Cotter likes him. All right. How about um, and after after just lambasting Mahomes, Andy Reid, the Chiefs for their whiny little outputs, I'm going to take the Chiefs on the road. <laughs> I, I'm going to. I mean, they if they are worth their salt, they come out and just. Literally um, just changed from minus eight and a half to nine. Oh, really? ESPN has them at eight. They're at nine. It doesn't. Eight and nine doesn't matter. I think Mahomes responds. I think Andy Reid responds. Belichick is on his way to San Diego. Frank Zappa's thinking picked. <laughs> uh, all right, well. We talked about Miami. That was a humbling loss for them against Tennessee last week. They got the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets coming in with that quarterback who had his career career game. Uh, Miami minus seven at home. Boy, I got to think that their offense will, you know, come to play today. And, and Minus seven? Yeah. It's minus eight on ESPN. I got minus seven, and I'm locking no, it right that's, now. That's right. That's good. So I like Miami minus seven at home against uh, the Jets. I like that pick as well. I think the Jets are about ready to hit the bricks. Well, I'm going to go with my last one, and I guess it's going to depend on the spread here. What's this? What do you got for the Rams and Commanders? Six and a half. Okay, I'm going with the Rams. <clears throat> They're uh, six and a half on ESPN. I do like that 49ers thing, you know, with the Cardinals too, but... Yeah, I'll take the I'll, I'll take the Rams. All right. Uh, I think I'm going to take Cleveland minus three. My last one. That's another under game I like too. It's 37. Yeah. Cleveland and the Bears. Yeah, paint drying game. Probably rougher weather in Cleveland today. Today, you know, I don't see either team getting to the 20s, but um, I'll take Cleveland minus three against Chicago at home as my final pick for the day. Okay. Anything else you want to mention here before we go? Well, it's a, you know, it'd be a good day to watch some football. I'm, 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 like I said, I hope the pack comes out and plays really, really well today. If not, then it's... If not, I will be laughing my arse off, I'll tell you that. So anyway, Wager Talk with Oge has been brought to you by the Vision Clinic. We offer a wide selection of eye care products, including eyewear, sunwear, and contact lenses to fit your specific eye care needs. Our mission is to provide quality service and products at reasonable pricing. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Give them a call at 906-482-6800 to set up an appointment. Should we hit the mailbag? Let's do it. we got some interesting stuff here today. And we have <clears throat> Jesse in Appleton. Huge Shane Burkhart fan. Go Jacks. What a suck ass, eh? 
He's got some, and they're not really questions, I guess, but just about the portal. And I, and I think he actually has a couple good points. He goes, he goes, number one, you cannot declare for the portal until the national championship for your sport has been played. Two, the portal should be open for one month after your sports national championship has been completed. I actually agree with both parts there. Yeah. I mean, you got like, you see right now with Texas and Washington, Texas backup quarterback is going to hit the portal, which is probably a good move for him with, with Ewers there and Manning, you know. But the window is closing, so he has to do this before that game. It's a bad situation. And it again, sucks for the kids and the whole thing. Is it, it does. And I don't know why if this was the way of the NCAA of getting back at them. You know, well, if we're going to have to do it, we're going to do it this way. But I agree with Jesse on both accounts there. Yeah, he actually makes sense for once. This must have been sober. Or he was drunk at a concert. Oh, boy. Hey. Yeah. All right. We got this is a good one, Oj. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the lead on this one. I like this question. From Toivo Haskinen in Gratiot location. Do you know this guy? I do not. Sounds like he's finished, though. I would guess so. I wonder if he knows um, Hickey Kartu. Karhu. Karhu. Who? So, <laughs> Toivo goes, if you were to put Crouchy and Oj head-to-head at each different sport when you were in your prime, who's better? Football, basketball, track, baseball, hockey. All right, I'm going first. Let's start. Should we start from the back end? I'm going to go first. I got a great one. I think you're going to be a big fan of me today. We're going to start with hockey. I win that one, no no questions asked. You can't even skate. I don't think – have you ever skated? No. So I never played – gonna... I think I put a pair of skates on once when I was a kid up in Calumet. We were up here with the – you know, my mom's side of the family. Yeah. And I held on to a metal chair for dear life, and that was pretty much it. I I, I have skates in my garage. I have hockey sticks in my you garage. Could, you could go right now and put them on and yeah. skate? I, I grew up skating. We, we, had, we had rinks in Lakeland and Hubble, plus that Lakes Arena – that was an ice rink that the, they would bring us to. So, and I, do you ever play boot hockey, road hockey at all? Yes, I did that up here. You okay, know, so we, the, we always played it. I I never played like junior hockey's and that. I wish I would have. I think I would have liked hockey. But yeah, I can I can skate. I'm not good at it. I'm not saying I'm good at hockey, but I I've played rentals. You know where you people throwing money and you rent the ice and play. I've done that. So hockey, you got that. I I got you big time. I'll go. Basketball and track, I, I think I'm, I'm giving you the nod. Oge, you know, we joke about Oge and basketball, but Oge could play. He, I'll, I'll put Oge up there with my top top players that I ever played against. He could shoot it. Two things about Oge. He could shoot it, and two, he wasn't afraid to shoot it, but a lot of scored a lot of points, 1,600, 1,700, a lot of points. So Oge is a better basketball player. I'm more of a – Almost 18. I'm, a, I'm more of a, a average at best. I remember you and I years ago looking at the book. Bimbo gave you your book, and we looked at one game. I think you had like 24, 25, and I had like 17. That was probably a down night for you. You probably only played three quarters, and that was probably a good night for me. So I'll we won by 40. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give you the nod there and track. I'm going to say the same thing. I was always fast enough to be in the fast heat, but never fast enough to be good. And Oj had some speed. Actually, the sprinting in the late 80s, early 90s in the Upper Peninsula in the area – there were some dudes, you know, yeah, you, go, sure. you go back and, you know, I think one time you and I looked back at like 11-2 and you might get fourth place in the 100. I had a tough time winning a lot my junior year and I was running pretty well, but, you know, Randy Woody was fast. Jamie Wiles out of Lake Linden. Jerry Cleary in Otnagan. It's Jamie Wiles' birthday today. Is it? Yeah. He's the reason I pulled my hamstring in the regionals, I believe. 
there were some good sprinters. There were some great sprinters of all the years that you ran in the UPs. I mean, a lot of the same guys, right? Woody, Wiles. Lorela from Jeffers. Mar yeah, Marty, I ran again. He was at every race I ever ran against. So was there a guy out in Detour or something, too, out in the eastern end? That was probably pretty, Pickford. Probably Pickford. A bush? Yeah. So there were, I just remember sprinting being really good, and you were always right in the mix of it. You know, here's a, you know, speaking of track, good story. And the guys that you mentioned, Wiles, I remember the day Wiles set the school record in the Hunters, like 11-2, something like that. And he got second place that day. Yeah, Jerry Cleary ran 10-9. Mm -hmm. So there were some good sprinters, and Oge was a good one there. So I'm going to give you those two just because I, I think you you really, for as much as I rip on you and stuff, pretty pretty talented there. Football and baseball, I'll say I can, I can at least hold my own there. Baseball, that, there's a sport I wish I would have had an opportunity to play longer than I did. We just It was a tough time. It, the high school baseball at ETC literally folded when we became freshmen. The program folded. Mm -hmm. And so my baseball career ended at Pinocchio Range and I was in sixth grade. Really? Couldn't find the plate. I was all over the place locating my pitches. Got pulled. Went and had to play first base the rest of the game and we lost. That was it. Sixth see, grade, done. See, I played. And you played a ton of ball. I played Little League, Senior League. I started playing in the Twilight League when I was 15. Actually, I played in Shane Burke and I were on the same team that year. I played in that Twilight League till I was probably 35. So, I mean, I probably played 20 years in that league, played fast pitch softball, big baseball fan. So I played a little slow pitch when I was in Stevens Point in the summer. One of the summers, I actually worked at a one of those complexes. It's not baseball. No, slow I don't. That's it. I just, I, you got me on that one for sure. And what can I say about football? My career ended on Lake Linens Field. I had negative yards rushing in back-to-back -back weeks, I think in the snowstorm or rainstorm or whatever, um, you won state championship. Can't argue with it. So, good question, Toivo. By the way, I told you you'd be happy that I said some nice things about you. I wasn't listening. <clears throat> what do we got? Oh, Billy Bots. Oh, boy. You well, well, well. I stand by saying basketball is the hardest sport to officiate. The players, the coaches, and the crowd feel like they are right on top of you, making us officials a very easy target for scrutiny from coaches and the crowd. What are your top three coaches or venues, high school, college, pro, that you would hate to officiate? You want to go first? You want me to? Go ahead. Basketball officiating is the hardest. There's no question. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you can you can make a case maybe behind the plate in baseball. I mean, that's that's not easy either, especially with technology today. But at this level... In a, in a basketball game, you're going to have probably lot. maybe 8 to 10 block charge calls. And you're never right. Yeah. It's never right. so dip, so hard to make those calls. And, and you get fans barking at you from the other side, you know. And it's just... Basketball for sure is tough. Here's the thing. And, and you, you correct me if I'm wrong. Why do people... And, and, and this is... A, I'm going to make this statement. People think they know basketball. Is it because you're sitting closer? I mean, but why does every person in the gym think they know the rules better than the people that are out there? So I think basketball is the toughest by far. Over the back? Yeah, over the back. <laughs> Travel. Three seconds! Mm -hmm. um, venues, you want to get into that? I got three great ones. Okay. If you're going to ref, and it's, I'm going high school level, purely high school level. One, the barn. No that, doubt. That small gym with everybody. There's a lot of people that know basketball there. Two, 
the old Lake Linden gym with the balcony all the way around it, and I could substitute that for the Launce one. Oh, the the Hornet's Nest? <clears throat> the little low one there. And then how about the old Dollar Bay Cracker Jack Palace or Cracker Box, whatever the yeah, hell they call it. For those of you that don't know, that now that was the – yeah, I mean, it's impossible to write. My, that, that, that my was, garage is bigger than that gym. That gym was absolutely ridiculous. It was – those games were something else in that place. But any degrees. of those atmospheres where you got that balcony and people over the top yelling, yep. I think those are tough. Besmer was always a screwy place, too. The house of noise, it was just so yep. loud in there. And yeah. It was always packed, and the games were always intense, you know. And So that's those are a couple that I think of. But uh, I don't know. College, hard to really say, right? Yeah. Um, I haven't really watched enough live college events. Yeah. I think I think those old gyms with the, the Duke, belt. The Duke-Carolina game in their heyday. Mm-hmm. The Izone. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But those those old gyms that were small where everybody was right on top of you, I think those would be those are the tough ones. So oh, good to hear from Billy Bods in Detroit. Okay. Um holy crap, Ed. Must have been on on the IPAs yesterday. Well just neat little uh, picture on Twitter, wasn't there? Yeah. Or whatever Ed, it's called. Ed and Ed and uh, Jesse yeah. are, are now Twitter stars. With their uh Matching flannel. What is with this concert thing? You get it. So Turnpike Troubadours. That's the thing to do is you wear flannels there. I don't think they were the only two that did this. Did they call each other to? No, they. No, that was just a total uh, by chance running into each other. So a couple of these uh, our faithful listeners are on our Twitter page dressed the same, and they did have the same glasses on too. I do want to know about this though. What what's with the Turnpike Troubadours and the flannels? Because one of them made a comment to me that everybody's wearing them there. Yeah, I have no idea. I never, I, I never even heard of this thing. All so, right. all right, here's Ed, and he might get, he might get his pee pee whap today. Crouchy, what annoys you more, Oge's lack of organization or his dumb passion for Miller Lite? Oge's organization is his, his deal. He's come a long way from anyone remembers the days when Oge had the slider phone. He's cutting edge right now, so. Yeah, I don't have a passion for Miller Lite. It's my choice. Everybody's got to have a choice. I'm not all over the map like these yuppie IPA people are. Well, could they imagine if you drank an IPA? Wearing their vests and their <laughs> flannels into these microbrews. Well, that, that comes up here next. Oh, my goodness. Okay, and then he's got a, he's got one for you as well. What about a bar that's got an actual pool table? Let's go into one like that. Always got to be these microbeers. <laughs> God, coffee shops. You want to read the next part? Uh, Crouchy's, oh, what annoys me more. Crouchy's coughing and sneezing during the podcast or his intolerance for bourbon. Um, and then finally, what is the one thing, person, that you can't handle in sports today? He's been on this McAfee number yeah. of times. Well, the, the coughing and sneezing, I don't even notice it anymore. It's just, it's part of what happens. And I, it's, I think it's, if you listen to the podcast enough, you probably don't notice it anymore either. Well, let me tell you, Ed, a little story here now, a little background. He, he on has this. a lozenge in right now, by I, the way. So, so maybe, maybe Ed is unaware of this, but a few years back, I had a medical episode. And in all reality, should have died, and I have some issues with my lungs, and I have a perpetual cough that is a absolute pain in the ass. So if you think it bothers you, it bothers me more. I'm actually on January 10th. I'm going for for another test that they're going to try to see if they can help me with this problem. So if I'm coughing and annoying you, I'm sorry, Ed. He didn't almost die either. Actually, I did. He did not. I'm not. I'm not putting up with that type of negativity on this show. 
What's next? Who annoys what annoys you the most? I got this one. What handles what? It says, what thing person that you can't handle in sports today? When I take over the NCAA, you are not wearing a long sleeve shirt under your basketball jersey. You are not wearing full tights. Shooting sleeves, all that stuff. Yeah, those people that wear the long sleeve shirt. Why? Because look at me. So that I can't. That drives me nuts. Well, he hit the nail on the head with McAfee. We talked about him, but the other little weasel I can't deal with is that Paul Feinbaum. Haven't heard much <laughs> from him lately, have we? He um, does grind you. He was all over Michigan for a while, but haven't heard a thing from him since we slapped Ohio State around. Um, anything else from Ed? I'm a huge fan of battery-powered vests. Very practical. Do either of you wear a vest, and do you wear it over a flannel? No. I do not. Your boy here, coughing Crouchy, will be, get into this in a second. But uh, no, I don't wear a vest, and I don't like battery-operated vests. Just I don't like any of that stuff. So I wear a jacket like other people. You zip it up, go out in the cold, and you deal with it. You, on the other hand, I do have a battery-powered vest. Oh yeah. But I don't wear, and I don't understand why you would wear it over a flannel. Now, I'm not a math magician, a rocket surgeon, or a scientist, but. Doesn't don't you want the heat from that vest to be trapped by your body? So typically, what I will do. And Crouchy doesn't wear flannel to begin with. I don't have a flannel. I don't know why. But I will typically wear like a long sleeve shirt, like in the winter time. I will put my battery powered vest on, turn it on, and I will put my jacket over it so that it traps the heat inside of there. I think if you're wearing a flannel under it. You're not getting it. You're just wearing it to try and look cool. So I wear the I wear the vest with the heated thing because I hate being cold and it traps the, the my body heat. It makes me warmer. Yeah, I I'm not into vests or micro brews, so there you go. All right, and that's the mailbag located eight miles south of Lake Linder on the Bujack Road. Dreamland Restaurant is your choice for great dining. Family owned and operated for over 100 years. Whether you're in the mood for Mexican Monday specials, burgers, pizza, or Friday fish fried, Dreamland is your next stop. What's our next stop, Oge? Are we up to our Mount Rushmore's? Yep. Kind of a good one this week. It's yeah. I don't. I'm, I'm a little bit. And, and we don't ever talk about this ahead of time. We just pick the city and go. I'm actually kind of intrigued on what you decide today. So we picked the city slash state, I guess, of Minneapolis, you know, mm -hmm. in Minneapolis, St. Paul. But I guess you can argue whether or not the whole state of Minnesota can be involved. So right off the bat, I think we're both going to agree Kirby Puckett yep. is there. Kirby Puckett. So there's a no-brainer. Yep. And I actually think after that, every single one of these options could be argued. Okay. Who's so your second? I'm going to put... I'm going to put Dave Winfield there. Okay, but I thought we said he had to play professionally there. He did not play for the Twins at all? I don't think so. Wasn't he drafted in four sports? No. He lettered in, he lettered in three in college, but that, he was drafted, I think, in two. Basketball and baseball. I thought football, too. But anyway, so you're going to go with Dave Winfield? I'm going to. Okay. I don't think, I mean, as far as this, no, again, it's not Minneapolis, went to Minnesota. See, I, I don't, I think he, I thought he just played for the Padres. I don't remember him playing for the Twins. 
All right, then he's off. Harmon Kilbrew? Yeah. Um, that's who I got. Harmon Kilbrew. I was looking at his stats. I mean, MVP. He hit, what, 575 home runs. Legend. Yeah, you're probably right. Plus, he's one of Coach Oli's favorite players, too. So, I'm going to go with Harmon Killebrew. All right. You talked me out of Winfield. Let me throw another one at you. Okay. Does Fran Tarkenton make the list? Yeah, I think he has to. I wasn't going to put him on there, and I did some digging. He went to three Super Bowls. Who else are you putting on there from the Vikings? Alan Page? No. Probably not. I was going to go with Tarkenton. What about Bud Grant? You can put him on the honorable mention, but I, I don't think there's a lot of Vikings on there. They just they never won a Super Bowl. I think Fran Tarkenton's your your Viking. And All right, I yeah, you're probably right. Give me another one. Okay. How about this one? You notice the shirt I'm wearing today? The Cretton Durham Hall Raiders. Did I pronounce any of that right? Yeah. You ever heard of Joe Maurer? Oh. Hell of a hitter. He's in the Hall of Fame. Maurer and Murrow. What was it? Joe. Remember Justin Murnau? Yeah. Middle of that Twins lineup for a number of years. So Joe Maurer is from Creighton Durham Hall. A good buddy of mine is coaching there. That's why I have the shirt. And he was a hell of a football player, too. And, and as far as you go back and look at people that played other sports as well, I think he had opportunities to play college football, and he had a good career as a, in baseball. And he's a hometown boy. If Paul you, Molitor. He's from the same high school. Talk about two hitters there. Mm-hmm. Well, what about, let me throw this one at you. How do you do, how do, you do this, Mount Rushmore, for that state, city, without putting a hockey guy there? How do you not put a hockey player or Who? coach? Who? Herb, Herb Brooks. I can go with him. I, I, he is another one I have on that list. So so you're leaning towards Puckett, Herb Brooks, Harmon Kilbrew, and Joe Maurer. But there's no Fran Tarkenton then. Um, I think uh, Herb Brooks or Fran Tarkenton. The only other name that I was going to throw at you is Kevin Garnett. No. Never won. They never won anything. George Mikan? Yeah, he's another one. <laughs> I saw I, that. I, I, that was actually the first name I thought of. Well, he came up with a drill. <laughs> <laughs> Mikan's to my liking. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, so that's a solid one. Yeah, Minneapolis was tough because they don't have a lot of championships outside of the Twins. Right. And and you're and right off the bat, you picked Kirby Puckett because you loved watching him too. Oh yeah. Didn't look like a center fielder at all. Looked like a guy that would be sitting in the South Branch with Bimbo Cottle talking about the '82 team. Puckett was great. Yeah. Um, let's move on to listen to the lyrics. And I think today might be one of your best selections of all time. All time. Because I criticize you a lot. We joke about this rotten music, but this song, this is a this is a great song. Well, every time I play something that is not old hillbilly country, I generally get a comp compliment from you. So. Boy, I've been really complimenting you today. Yeah, well... Anyway, we'll uh, we'll get into this here in a second. Listen to the lyrics is brought to you by the Keweenaw Auto Body, located on Pine Street in Calumet. They are your choice for quality collision and body repair since 1966. They are open 8 to 5 Monday through Friday and 8 to 12 on Saturday. 
Give them a call at 906-337-1203. All right. This is, a, this is a big one. He's got his notebook out. Yeah, I'm trying to do something a little different. I'm trying to organize myself a little better. I got papers all over the bar back at the camp, and it just it, it's my little blue yeah, see? composition book. This is a lot like when you went and got, got off the slider phone. Decent chance I'll have this lost by next okay. Sunday. So this week's... This week is going to start back-to-back -back weeks for me of female singers. Oh, boy. Yeah. So if I'm making a point to do that, let's start it off with Stevie. The song was written in 1973 when Stevie was in Aspen with her boyfriend and Fleetwood Mac bandmate, Lindsey Buckingham. On an interesting side note, Buckingham was actually there to record with Don Everly as he was set to take the place of Don's brother, Phil, in the famed group, The Everly Brothers. You ever hear of them? I've heard of them. I didn't know yeah. there was a connection. So this song actually deals with the relationship between a father and a child. And she was quoted as saying that the song is about the fear of everything crashing down and not knowing how to hold things together in pursuit of her dreams. In other interviews, she says it delved into her romance with Buckingham and their career struggles as well. So now when you listen to the line, when you see my reflection in those snow-covered hills, you know exactly where Stevie Nicks was looking at the Rocky Mountains as she was writing the song Landslide. I took my love took it down I climbed a mountain and I turned around and I saw my reflection in snow-covered hills Till the landslide brought me down Oh, mirror in the sky, what is love? Can the child within my heart rise above? Can I sail through the changing ocean tide? of my in my 
That's a good song. I enjoy listening to, to Stevie Nicks. So uh, we got a couple weeks left here. We got a couple days of school, Oge, and then we're off for two weeks to recharge our batteries and such. Clipboard issues there. <laughs> I saved it though. Uh, social media, follow us on Twitter. Get out, get out, and like our stuff on there. We're putting a lot of stuff. Plus, we got some of our tens of fans on there. Uh, year in review episode in the process. We're we're pulling out some clips. I think this is gonna be a good one. Uh, people have been sending us some uh, things. I've been going back through and listening or looking at the old lesson plans and some of the things that we I, I forgot about so many of these things that are just that just crack me up. Um, we come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of these people it, it cracks me up listening to these guys and or whoever that that starts listening to these episodes just now, you know, and they're going back to the March when we first did our NCAA picks oh, yeah. and all that stuff and and. Uh, what you've done technology-wise since the original few shows. So, yeah, two days of school this week. you got to push her through Monday and Tuesday. The power couple is going to take off to Duluth for the night on Wednesday. Get a little shopping done and check out this light show or a Christmas show thing that they have in a... Bentleyville? Whatever it's called. I've never been there. Actually, I've heard a lot of positive things about it. Bet you there's some nice micro-brews in Duluth. Oh, yeah. You you might need a vest. Flannel and a vest? You might you want to take my heated vest. Oh. It could be cold. Duluth is a cold city. Yeah, well, we're heading, heading there Wednesday just for the night, so get through this week, and then uh, we're on to Christmas break. Heck yeah, brother. See you, Oge. Talk to you later, Crouchy.